What are you watching? Children's programming. Hello, world. This is Chris Abalo's podcast experiment, and I am Chris Abalo. Welcome to the show where I'm lucky enough to be joined by returning guest, and it's been way too long, Mr. Jeff Schnitzer. How you doing? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks. thanks good. Uh, thanks for having me back. I'm happy to have you back because it has been too long. I'm now playing this game of, oh, I want to catch up with everybody. Everybody I talked to last year. That's been the last the pattern the last couple of weeks is, oh, I'm going to talk to everybody again because it's been a while, even though it's probably been too long. Although you were on over the summer, so it's not as bad with you. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the same. But here we are now. We're we're vaccinated. We've come a long yes. way since then. Yes. You've got a you, you've now settled in at home with two children. And uh, yeah, yeah. Settled in. It's like a, like a well-oiled machine now. Yeah. That, that doesn't sleep. It's still uh, well oiled. <laughs> it's a machine that just won't turn off, <laughs> no yeah, matter how yeah, tired yeah. I am. The machine just keeps running. <laughs> but uh, all the more reason—that's my excuse for not bothering you sooner. It's like he's got a newborn; he's, he can't be bothered <laughs> to do some d- silly podcast. All right, he's, all right. He's, it's he's crazy. Got, he's almost a year, so time flies. I, doesn't it? I got I got two uh, kids' birthdays right now. One turning seven and one turning six. My friend's kids, not me. <laughs> not, not I was my, I was gonna say that. Yeah, you're like you got. When did when did you have two kids? Seven year old? <laughs> yeah. Why has this never come up? <laughs> no friends, kids who are turning six and seven, and it's just blows my mind thinking about you know math. <laughs> like, oh, that's how long it's been. True. That's funny. True. 2014, yeah, yeah. 2015. Wow, they really were that long ago. <laughs> Actually, I had a weird moment where I don't remember who the hell it was. I, I was looking up. There was some. It was an actor or something that I looked up, and I actually had a brief moment of uh of fooling myself where i saw that when i looked up this actor on like imdb i saw they were 34 and i was like oh so they're older than me for like a heartbeat or two i said oh they're older than me and not remembering oh yeah 34 came and went a while ago <laughs> right. and you're just fooling yourself you idiot yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was it was a moment of uh it that was that was humbling you're so much past 34 that you don't even remember that. that yeah, I'm like, that's how bad it's gotten. That I don't even remember I was already 34. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Things go downhill fast when you're they do. St- staring they do. down middle that's age. Sure. Jesus. Yeah. But um, here we are, ready to reenter the world. Um, I-, I have mixed feelings. I don't want to repeat those because I've gone over them on the show. How are you feeling about it now that you can get back you to know, some I'm, semblance of normal? I'm feeling pretty good. I, got, I just got my uh, second shot. Uh, about a week ago, so I'm all, uh, you know, full, fully set up. And awesome. I'm still kind of, you know, I don't know what the what the correct way to do things is. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, uh, like, you know, if people visit, should I keep my mask on? Should they keep their mask on? Should, mm-hmm. Do we not need masks? Do, you know, whatever. But uh, but one one, you know, I'm still doing a uh, grocery uh delivery sure and, uh I'm, i might just never go back to a grocery store i, I can't say i blame you yeah that's a good idea the curbside pickup and just not having to run around the store and then wait in line i'm, I'm a big fan of that yeah yeah and ta- target has it down to a science they do i actually did that i picked up something at the last minute my mother got a uh she got an amazon fire tablet 
So December 20th, she tells me about it. And then December 23rd, I said, I'm going to see if I could find, knowing good and hell well, I'm probably not going to find anything because a bunch of people are going to be getting the fire tablets. And uh, I was able to find at one Target, which was on my way down to my parents, that I was able to pick up on Christmas Eve on my way down there. What? I said, I'm going to do order pickup and see if they actually have this case. If they don't, then forget it. Like my parents going a couple of days for the case. Here's hoping they don't drop it. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but I said, uh, all right, let me try this. And if they don't have it, whatever, but I won't get my hopes up. Damn it. They had it. <laughs> and I went there and uh, I was in and out for the order pickup. So I got to say it, it is pretty handy. I do that all the time with Wawa because I'll order my sandwiches ahead of time. And I didn't even know that you could do that at Wawa. And you can order it and you could pay on the app. So you just that, show up, you pick that, up. And, that's a game changer. Isn't it? I mean, I'm going to have to end up spending the time shopping for new pants. See that I'm still going to have to go to the store for because I'm going right. to need a bigger waist for my jeans. Right. Because right. this, this 34 has lasted a good long time. That's the 134 that has stuck around. <laughs> it's my waist. <laughs> but that's lasted a while. But if I keep, uh, if they keep making it easier for me to eat, Wawa sandwiches and mac and right. cheese bowls. Uh, it, it's going to end badly. But yeah, the grocery pickup, I'm a fan. I definitely yeah, think yeah. that's that's the way forward. Why am I wasting my time doing grocery shopping <laughs> at all? I yeah, don't know. It's, the, it's the worst. It is. But I think for me, I, I've been okay with it. And like I've been, to, I've said it repeatedly over the last year. Like I've still been doing the biweekly trip to uh, do the grocery shopping for my parents. Mm-hmm. But it's also something to do. I think that's where I found kind of the lure in it, where it's like, well, I don't like going grocery shopping, but there's nowhere to go. There right, is nothing to do. And go? Yes, it's something to do during the week. So while it's not the best, and I'm sure I'm not going to be as in love with it in you know, the next three to four months, but for the time being, it's felt kind of like a relief. Like, well, there's somewhere to go. It's somewhere I'm allowed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. An excuse to leave the house. That's it. Yeah. So I've been found, finding my salvation in the aisles of the grocery store. Anyway, but only if you go down the right way, right? Because yeah, the one way, <laughs> I want to get caught in. I still see those decals. I don't know how strictly those are being enforced anymore. No, none, zero. No, okay, because people no, aren't even following so. the the X's to stay six feet apart during checkout. Right, Everyone's just right. kind of huddled up together like it's a uh, like it's on the football field and they're about to run yeah. a play. Yeah, everyone's That's still right. just clustered up, and I yeah. I, I don't know. I get look, we're all tired of it. And I still hear a lot of people complaining because, of, you know, mask regulations and mm-hmm. social distancing. And, you know, even though stuff is starting to open up, the idea is, you know, well, you're going to have to wear a mask. And, you know, we are limiting crowds and everything. There's, you know, some venues are opening up. New York is now allowing up to 100 right. people in a venue yep. uh, to see live performances. That's great. But people still want to complain. And I get it. It's like, look, it's not going to be this way forever. We're getting out of this thing. Like, just deal with it for now. Nobody's yeah. trying to trample Agreed. on your freedoms. No one's trying to keep you from having a good time. But we need to do this gradually. We can't just wake up one day and just be like, all right, it's, yeah, everything's back. Right, <laughs> let's go. Go back to having zero consideration for your fellow man. Everything's right. fine. <laughs> so I'm I'm okay with the the kind of baby steps back toward everything. Yeah, I'm same, same here. Same here. It's interesting seeing like, uh, it's like baseball season just started a couple days ago. That's right. And so they're having varying percentages of crowds and stuff. And it's, it is weird to see, you know, watch it on TV and be like, Oh, there's, there's a crowd there. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's, uh, it's interesting, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm good with like the, uh, you know, gradual ascension. Yeah. Gradual reentering of society. Yeah. 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 
Because also, I'm I'm not used to it. I've gotten out of the habit of being around people. And as I was saying on the show uh, two weeks ago, I don't necessarily want to be around people as much. Uh, I'm just not as crazy about them after all this. Can you believe it? Right. But, right. You get used to it. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I don't know if I want to necessarily go out in public. And it's funny that, that you mentioned the baseball thing because they just uh, announced last summer they were supposed to be a big tour. It was Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Joan Jett, and Poison. And they were playing baseball fields essentially so they just announced Mm -hmm. i think it's july they rescheduled it for city field the thing is it's only going to be nine thousand people that's going to be really really weird because i've never been to city field i've been to dodger stadium twice and once to Mm -hmm. see a concert i'm just thinking if you have nine thousand people spread out and the place is so empty that has to be such a weird experience especially because it's the complete opposite of your expectation when you book a tour and you're going to be playing baseball stadiums you think this place is going to be bursting you could be rocking yeah yeah exactly it's like the, the it might collapse under the weight of the huge crowds I've, I've been to city field i'm trying to think of like what i would guess like forty thousand would be like there probably normal yeah i mean i guess you know, something if, like that if the math is about 25 percent capacity then yeah it's probably like thirty six thousand. yeah so it would yeah. leave you know nine thousand would be a quarter of that I'm just thinking about being how spread out that is and just what that would look like to the bands. That's got to be kind of weird. I mean, the alternative right. is, well, then we won't do it. So what? Yeah, what yeah, can yeah. <laughs> it's like, do you like, want to do this tour? Are, are you ready to rock? Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't hear you. Yes. <laughs> La- okay. There's not many of you. Can you get louder, please? <laughs> that was really funny. Actually, years ago, it wasn't that long. I think it was 2003 ish. Uh, I went and saw. There's an awesome package tour. Not the type of thing you'd be interested in, but I was all for it. It was uh, Iron Maiden was headlining, and then uh, Motorhead and Dio were opening. And so Motorhead came out first. Still the loudest band I've ever seen live. Even at, uh, this is at the Art Center, at the PNC Bank Art Center. Is that uh, Lemmy is the lead singer, right? Yes, exactly. Okay, good for you. I know a little bit. I know a little bit. You do. You know a little (laughs) bit. I'll give it to you on that. But uh, So there weren't a lot of people, because they were the first band on, the sun was still up. You know, mm-hmm. it was early. It was, you know, because it was three, three acts. And uh, Lemmy comes out in his, I could do a, a sad Lemmy impression, so I'm going to try it. But uh, he's just like, oh, it's not a lot of you, so you got to make a lot of noise and come forward. And It's not a very good impression. But he was tr- kind of encouraging everybody to, like, get closer because the place was barely full. Because I think they went on probably at six. And I think Iron Maiden right. wasn't going to be on until, you know, 830 probably when it was dark-ish. So he actually kind of told everybody to get close to the stage and like make a lot of noise. And he actually smiled when everyone was like, yeah. And I thought, wow, <laughs> let me smiles. That's awesome. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I had no idea. Like you, every, you wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah. Every, every picture you see of the guy, it's like he just dropped his cigarettes in a puddle. So I had no idea <laughs> that dude smiled. So it was actually <laughs> what a way. And then they kicked into, I don't remember what song they opened with. Like Let's, imagine Lemmy laughing at a joke. I know. That's, oh. That would have been an experience, sit in the rainbow and tell a joke. I, I'm still sorry I never did that. I should have gone when during the many years living in Los Angeles. I should have gone to the rainbow and looked for Lemmy just to have a conversation with him. It, that sure. is, I have a handful of regrets of things I didn't do during my time out there, like that I could have. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, aside from, you know, being a big star, obviously, uh, but <laughs> not not too within my control. But aside from that, things I could have done like that where I could have gone to the rainbow and actually just had a conversation with the dude because it just would have been cool. So I'm sorry Agreed. about that. Uh, so we're not here to talk about all this, folks. 
<laughs> 20 minutes in. It's like, <laughs> this is what it's going to be, huh? <laughs> we have much, much pressing, uh, more we pressing do. matters to discuss. We absolutely do. So um, we, were, we were talking a little bit because uh, I've been, there have been a lot of sequels lately that are surprising or that maybe, maybe are a little late. Um, I've always had the belief that there's a certain window within which you can make a sequel where I think the world is open to it. Mm-hmm. And I know th- there are a lot of people who disagree with me on that, but I think there's there's kind of a window. Like when they did the second Independence Day movie, what was that, about five years ago? I thought, okay, this is at least 10 years too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like you could have done this movie in like 99, maybe up to like 2002 or three, and people would have been on board. But at this point, I don't know if anybody cares. Yeah. And yeah. people didn't really go see it and the people who did see it didn't like it. So honestly, when you said it, I was like, wait, Independence Day sequel? <laughs> it was a blip on the radar and then yeah. it just kind of disappeared. Yeah. But but I I didn't I didn't see it, but I I do remember. Okay. I do remember. Cuz I'm like, like yeah. am I am I breaking this to you now? Going to be like, wait a minute, they made another I, one? For a, for a second, I really was like, Independence Day sequel, you know? And uh but yeah. <laughs> I no, can't, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm I, with you on the, on the window. I do. Like, there are some that you think, okay, that people are going to want to go see this, or maybe it's, you know, maybe it's time. I mean, some, I laugh because I know it's not the best example, but there was a good period of, you know, 10 years. They did like seven police academy movies. I mean, there, there was a police academy movie like every 11 months for a couple of years. Right. And then when you think, well, we're trying to get together, like when they talk about the sequel to Dumb and Dumber forever. It's like, well, we're yeah. trying to get it together. You would think yeah. it'd be easy to get financing. Like it's not. And I'm thinking, why is this movie taking so long? And then it came out and it wasn't great. But right. um, I mean, there's yeah, an that's example. something that should have been done within like four years. Of exactly. The first. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, even something that's successful these days. I mean, it's, you know, it's an easy example because it's a franchise. But they mentioned like, you know, the Aquaman sequel. And I'm thinking that movie made a billion dollars. You never would have guessed an Aquaman movie would have made a billion dollars. It'd be like the first DC movie in this new era that would crack a billion. You would have thought right. Wonder Woman, certainly right. a Superman Batman and Batman. Superman movie, so, yeah. a Justice League movie, maybe at least the first version. And it didn't have an Aquaman of all characters. The guy who can talk to fish. That's the movie that's going to make a billion dollars at the box. It was like the corniest one in the group. Exactly. Right. I mean, they, well, that's why they had to cast a dude who looks like Jason Momoa. Yeah. Because if if they cast a guy, you know, like the original Aquaman, where it looks like a, uh, I don't have a lot of young blondes to refer to, but let's say like a young Mark Hamill, not so much. Not as big of a hit as compared to where where you got this big, brutish Game of Thrones guy, where it's like, oh yeah, him. Yes, we'll go see the movie with him. But that (laughs) sequel is supposed to come out in like 2023. And I'm thinking that movie was a huge hit. Why the hell is that not happening sooner? Yeah, what's the the holdoff? Yeah, I mean, I I didn't see it and I'm not interested in, you know, that particular well any aquaman if i'm being honest so i'm not thinking about it like i can't believe i need to wait so long i'm just thinking that seems like a lock if you got a movie right. that made a billion dollars why are you not cranking i mean even saw movies they crank those out in pretty quick succession yeah why true and it- like that feels like there's a fast and furious movie every uh yeah, there's a 18, great example 18 months or something like that yeah it know? pretty much is every other year and i get it because those are big budget movies there's a lot of effects mm-hmm. so there's a lot that goes into them i get that Every, you know, April, May, they're going to put out a Fast and Furious movie. That makes sense to me. Uh, There are some that are surprising. Like I was talking about this uh, earlier in the year when Jack and I were reviewing our favorite stuff from 2020. But uh, 
I love that the the Borat sequel was just kind of announced very quickly before it was released because it was a total mm-hmm. surprise. I mean, in part because it was fresh. I mean, it was just shot yeah. <laughs> last year. Yeah, and then it, it really, comes yeah, out it really was a short time yeah. later. Um, and that's one of those rarities where, for me, and I know people disagree with this, of course, because people have opinions. But opinions are like podcasts. Everybody has them, and everybody that's thinks right. everybody thinks everyone else stinks. But I thought it was actually a better movie than the first mm-hmm. movie. Now, I've been saying I need to rewatch the first one because right. I haven't seen it since like 2008. But I feel like this one also kind of captures the moment that we're in, you know, and kind of sums up 2020 in a way that I thought. Did you see it? Am I? T- I did. I did oh, see okay. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I probably should have that. asked you that first <laughs> instead of launching into just like, wasn't it great when they did that? You're just sitting there like, ah, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, it's, it's on it my took, watch list. It took me, it's, yeah. um, it took me a little bit into it to be like, yeah, this is this is good. Mm-hmm. But I I agree. It, I don't know if it was better. I think it was probably on par with the first one. Okay, even you that know, is but, a, is a feat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the first, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I've ever laughed as hard a movie theater as the first one when they, when Borat and the other guy are wrestling in the, in the hotel room. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. You know, I don't, I, you know, there may be like three times I've laughed that hard in a movie, in a movie theater. (laughs) Well, see, Uh, you saw it in the theater though. That's kind of where that movie fell apart for me was because people were acting like it was the invention of comedy. So it was so hyped up that by the time I finally saw it, I thought that's it. Right. I was kind of let down right. by it because I felt like it was just so hyped and it yeah. just didn't kind of pan out for me. Right. But this right. one I thought really captured that moment of, of 2020, just like the, the pandemic and the, the kind of binary culture we have politically yeah. in the country. Yep. I said, this really represents where we are now. So I just felt like it was a better movie largely for that reason. But yeah, I, it, it took, it took a little while for, I think it, it you know, I don't want to, you know, are we, is this like a spoiler free? <laughs> uh, heads up. If you have not seen Borat in the last six months. So, I, so I would just, I would just say that like, uh, it probably took halfway through the movie when, um, the, the daughter is kind of getting like, uh, comes to America and starts being like trained how to do things. You right. know, I think that's when it, it, it took off from there, you know, I gotcha. um, but early on I was like, I don't know if this work still works, mm-hmm. you know? And then, uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was, it was good. It was good. Yeah. That, that's an example for me where I thought, oh, okay. Didn't expect a sequel this late in the game, but we got one and I actually really, really enjoyed it. And, uh, also I feel like there wasn't a lot of anticipation because it's not because the type of movie it is where it's kind of people getting pranked in real life. There's, even though there's a story to it, I thought, okay, that's something you could kind of keep, like they could do a Borat movie every five years and people would be interested in it because of that, of that type of movie, as opposed to just like a straight up narrative movie, especially something that's beloved, like, and here it comes, but coming to America, AKA the coming to America sequel. If you're listening to this and you're thinking like, what's wrong with coming to America? There's nothing wrong with coming to America. Coming to America is an excellent movie. We all love it. It is. I talked about it in, in February. If you're not a Patreon subscriber, God damn it, you should be. Because that was the uh, exclusive show for uh, February and Patreon. We talked about our what we expected from the finale of WandaVision. It was Jack and, and Dan and myself. And uh, a couple other things, including the Coming to America trailer had just come out. and Or come out recently enough. And I said, my fear was that it looks like they're just playing the hits. It looks like they're just kind of doing everything they did in the first movie. Just again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
that kind of lowered my expectations to the point where I just watched it a couple of days ago. Um, you and I haven't talked about it yet. so We haven't, no. What was your take on the movie? Because you're the only other person I know who's seen it. Oh, really? Interesting. I mean, well, I should say anyone who's who's involved in the show. I know a few people who've seen it. I've saw a lot of posting on Facebook that first weekend, mm-hmm. but I I don't know your take on it. So I'm curious what you thought about it because a lot of expectation, a lot of expectation, but it kind of snuck up. Like I, I'm I'm with you that uh, when I saw the trailer, I was excited about it, but it, I definitely had low expectations. Right. And I think that's probably the way you want to go into it you know if if you think like oh i love the first one which i do you know totally and the second one is is just going to be that again then <laughs> you're going to be really really disappointed <laughs> you know yeah. but yeah but i think but they you know um they did enough of like the fan servicey things mm-hmm. you know that i that i kind of enjoyed like uh you know, seeing certain characters like uh, in like the first scene of the movie, Louis Anderson is that is still working at McDowell's and that cracked me up. Yeah. You know, and uh, except now he's in Zamunda. Yeah. Spoiler alert, yeah. by the way, if you haven't seen oh, I mean, yeah. we're not we're not getting into plot heavy uh, details here, but <laughs> right. Right. If you haven't seen Coming to America, skip ahead a couple of minutes yeah. because yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we are going to uh, talk. About, I mean, not, not ridiculous. We're not going to beat by beat. This isn't a commentary right. track, but. Just the same. If you haven't seen it yet, that's, and you that's want next to, Patreon. Yes, exactly. Is <laughs> the running the running commentary, the audio commentary, to America. That's yeah. that's coming. That's going to be a thing uh, down the line that we want to do uh, monthly. Now that I, I like that, I, I would I would listen to that. Oh, awesome! Well, you can even jump in on them. You, you just Sweet. Whip Sweet. a couple of movies at me. You know what? You know what we both like. Right. Some stuff right. we can we can kid us about. Anyway. Um. But anyway, so I would I would say it's 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 not great. You know, if it was like just a movie by itself i would be like that was not real good right but but it was enough that like i that was fine and then like Wes, i thought wesley snipes was awesome he was and, great he was my favorite and, part of the movie same 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 i thought wesley snipes was good and, and leslie jones was good and it was basically the two of them and then just like nostalgia for the for the rest of the stuff yeah and the for, like, the barber, for like the barbershop guys and randy watson and you know all those guys right it was those character just uh, characters just older, which was one of the things when I saw the trailer. Look, I know it's a movie. You're supposed to just have a good time. It's a comedy. It's not to be taken too seriously. But I thought everybody in that barbershop had one foot in the grave 30 years ago. How the hell are they, <laughs> are they still in business? I mean, it was much as like you're telling me that dude didn't retire. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the names of like every. I don't even know if they have names. They probably do. I'm sure somebody they probably do. Answer. I don't. I don't know what they are. Right. I don't know the the characters, the names of the characters in the barbershop because they're played by two people. Well, three. There was the one dude who's uh, yeah, who isn't Eddie Murphy nursing yeah. all who's hanging out. Well, I, didn't re- I didn't realize uh, that's like Eddie Murphy's friend or something. Like it that. is. Yeah, he did an excellent. I w- I will throw a plug for another show. He did an excellent um, episode of WTF with Mark Maron where he talked a lot about his career and uh everything and that's yeah that's how i found out is his best friend and the guy who's in the jail cell with him at the beginning of trading places when he's like yeah, yeah his name yeah, was yeah. busted what is he ignorant you know yelling at the, the two big guys <laughs> who are ready to kick eddie murphy's ass billy ray valentine's ass right and uh, yeah that's that guy and i didn't even put that together that oh that's a guy from the barbershop you know uh, yeah, who, who, who likes randy that. watson yeah i didn't yeah, put yeah. that together until he talked about it couple of weeks ago when he did this uh interview with mark maron which is really really good so you guys should check that out 
but not till you're done with this episode. Hang in there. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, of course. Uh, that I was just kind of thinking, I, again, I know it's supposed to be a movie. It's just supposed to be a comedy. It, it's not supposed to be taken too seriously, but I just thought, would those guys still be like 30 years have passed in this movie? You're right. So it's not right. like it's it's not as if they're pretending it's 10 years later or something. It, You're right. It's, OK, right. this is totally possible. Right. And I know it's just supposed to be fun, but I saw that and I thought, oh, God, that was my first indication. Like, uh oh, they're playing the hits. And I kind of I'm sure everybody did, but I kind of predicted how it was going to go like well it turns out the night they went to the club he ended up hooking up with somebody and got her pregnant and that's that and that's exactly how it yeah. played out in the movie. Is- i thought that's the only way because the whole movie he's chasing lisa right so there there wasn't anybody else as far as we know i mean prince yeah. Akeem was yeah, still yeah. just a virgin and he was going to go out and you know so is royal oats and that's how the first movie was going to go and he ends up falling in love yeah but yeah. I don't know. I, I thought it looked like Wesley Snipes was having fun every single time he was on screen, which was great. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, he was see. the best part. Yeah, he was by far. I just thought this is the best they had when it came to yeah. sequels because apparently they kept going through scripts and not. I mean, according to interviews that you know Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall have done recently, apparently the story just wasn't right. It just wasn't right. And then having seen the movie, I thought this was it. I mean, look, I love Eddie Murphy. We all do. Um, has he done some movies we don't like? Of course. Who hasn't? Mm-hmm. And it's great just to see Eddie working again. And I kind of tell I told myself that while watching the movie. I'm like, you know what? It is good to see Eddie again, even though it feels like he's just doing a Prince Akeem impression. Not he is Prince Akeem. Right. It just feels right. like yeah. it, it felt very self-aware to me. Like everybody knows we're making a movie here. And right. Yeah. It, it was it, like uh, I'm Eddie Murphy and um Yes, exactly. In, and I'm here in this movie. You know? <laughs> yeah. And the same is like, we're going to be playing a bunch of characters. <laughs> you, you know, you love that, right? Right. Right. But it is tough, though. It's funny, like expecting, oh, it's going to be the same movie over again. That's kind of what everybody expects from comedy sequels, because they usually end up just being retreads. I mean, I, I remember everybody being pissed off. Not that, you know, from the box office take, but they were really pissed off at, you know, the hangover two was basically the hangover just in a different location. Just in, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. People just thought and, wor- like, and worse. Yeah. And yeah, this <laughs> is an inferior version of the first movie, but that happens a lot with, with sequels, particularly comedy sequels. I think they're really, really tough to do because you want to go on a new adventure with these characters, but they kind of usually end up just doing a, a pale imitation of the first movie. And I'm right. glad this wasn't that, but it still didn't feel like Prince Akeem's movie because yeah. that that's kind of that. That was supposed to be the point because apparently Ryan Coogler had a take on it and Michael B. Jordan was going to be his son. But the that, story that he be. had and I I think it was an Eddie Murphy interview. Maybe it was an Arsenio interview. I don't remember because I watched all of them. But mm-hmm. apparently uh, Eddie Murphy didn't want to do that version because it was the son's story and not Akeem's story. Mm-hmm. And then having seen this movie, I thought, well, that's kind of what this movie is. It's the bastard son story and his oldest daughter's story. It's not so much Akeem's story. Yeah, he's kind of like so, uh, on the But I thought they were kind of. I think they tried to make it like all three of their stories and, and neither none of them kind of got enough. Yeah. to You know, it was like it was like the, the son you know, I think the son story kind of happens very quickly, mm-hmm. you know, and then same with, and, and then the, the daughter, it's like, oh, uh, you see what, uh, you know, you could see what was going to happen with the daughter, I think from like the very first scene. Oh yeah. Okay. You know? And then, you know, like we're saying, like he just kind of like drifts in and out of the movie, 
kind of here and there. Yeah. And Sammy's almost MIA for most of the movie. I thought they're yeah. supposed to be teamed yeah. up the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we not yeah. seeing more Arsenio? Do you think, so I was wondering if, uh, so the first one's rated R and then yeah. this one I think is rated PG 13. It is. I wonder, I wonder if that, you know, what, if, if what effect, if any, that had on it. I wonder, and you know, it's something I've debated in favor of, um, it doesn't matter what, what the rating is in the past. Like people said, we need an R rated Batman right. movie. I said, just cause Batman can say the F word. And you'll see some blood splatter. Doesn't mean it's going to be a good Batman movie. Sorry, that's true. That's true. <laughs> not, like, not that they couldn't make a PG thirteen coming to America good, but totally. I, I feel the same thing. I mean, not to jump to a different movie, but they did the same thing with uh, Major League, going from the first one to the second one. They did, you know, and you could see that it was kind of like uh, I don't know more was, more for more for I don't I don't it know was, what the it right, was more accessible, but apparently that movie was if i mean so i've heard is that it was something that was shot as an r movie and then edited down for for pg um and that does happen to a bunch of i mean they did that with galaxy quest that's one of the most famous ones it was supposed to be like this almost a dark comedy satire of star trek Mm -hmm. and it was an r movie and there's that infamous scene where sigourney weaver is clearly saying well fuck that and then they Right. The dialogue says, screw that. But looking at it, you know, you know what you know. What, right. So that's one of those movies where it was shot as an R movie and then it got kind of edited down. And uh, Dirty Work was another one. I remember Artie Lang telling the story about um, Chevy Chase, who had a small part in that. I don't know if you remember that Norm MacDonald movie. Yeah, I definitely from, do. I oh, definitely, OK. Was that was that PG-13? It was PG-13. And apparently Chevy Chase had a conversation with I think it was Artie Lang and Norm MacDonald and Bob Saget who directed it. Saying, listen, they're going to try to fuck you on this movie. Don't let them water it down because you got a funny movie. It's really good. But they're going to try to water it down, make it PG-13. And damn if they didn't do it because they turned it into a PG-13 movie that probably could have been funnier and gone a little heavier with the humor if it was R-rated. And and probably having watched it again a couple of years ago because I saw it was on Prime Video. I said, I should watch Dirty Work. Like I saw it years ago and I kind of remember it. But I said, I'll watch that again. And it's funny. I think it could have been funnier and they could have pushed the humor further out if it was an R-rated movie. But in the case of Coming to America, I thought just like Major League and even though that sequel came like three or four years later. So that was Mm -hmm. that was within a reasonable time frame. But I thought this is a beloved movie, a beloved R-rated comedy. And that's rarefied air Mm -hmm. because there aren't a whole lot of them. You can probably count there. There are maybe 10. I mean, we could say like the aforementioned Hangover, Bridesmaids. Uh, Coming to America, Beverly Hills Cop. Eddie Murphy takes mm-hmm. up like half the slots of the yeah, top yeah. 10 yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> easily. Yeah, yeah. But there are only a few. And the idea you're making a sequel to that. And part of me is just thinking in terms of logic, especially because the idea was this was supposed to come out in theaters in December. Mm-hmm. So the idea that like, do we really think there are a bunch of like 14 year olds clamoring for the Coming to America sequel? Like, I just don't know what what the idea was. Like, we've got to make this right. accessible to a younger audience. You think does a younger audience care about Coming to America the way people like us in our 30s would? Right. Because for yeah. us, it was one of those movies where, you know, a lot of us saw on TV. People our age saw it on TV edited to hell <laughs> and then yeah. eventually yeah. somebody had a vhs copy and we we're able to watch it and hear all the cursing and thought wow this that's is right. even better that's right i, I didn't uh, for the first one i didn't know that there was a whole beginning part with like uh the royal servants and stuff like that yeah i didn't i didn't know that until years later i was like wait a second what's 
What's same. This? I was like, your royal penis is clean. I don't remember this at all. Yeah. Because I, I, I saw it. I saw it on TV. Academy thing too. Yeah. I had no idea. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> or the Police I think Academy? Lethal Weapon 1 and 2, same thing for me. I saw them on TV. I saw Lethal Weapon 3 on HBO when it premiered in like 1993. Like the weekend it premiered. I remember. I don't even remember why I wanted to see it. I just remember thinking like, Lethal Weapon 3, that looks like fun. So I watched it on HBO at a friend's house. And um, then I saw the first two in quick succession, which was unusual because older movies, like when sequels come out in the theater, that's usually when TV starts playing, you know, older movies like that. Like there was a joke right. when um, I got the special edition of Mallrats recently. And uh, <laughs> Kevin Smith tells this story on the Blu-ray, this, this new special edition Blu-ray about how Armageddon came out. And that was a big hit. And Ben Affleck right. is briefly in Mallrats. He's like the you know, fifth or sixth character deep in Mallrats. But he said, this is the first movie of mine where they actually made a TV cut because Armageddon was touchstone, which is Disney ABC zoned by Disney. So ABC want to make a TV cut of Mallrats and had a very Ben Affleck heavy commercial that they did to promote this Ben Affleck movie. (laughs) And all of that, because uh, on the special edition of, of Mallrats, which is hilarious because I only watched the first couple of minutes and I said, I need to carve out some time for this. They include the TV cut of Mallrats, which includes some engineer because Jason Mewes didn't show up to do his his ADR, his, his dialogue right. replacement with the clean version of the dialogue because almost everything Jay says is colorful. So he didn't show up for it. So you got this random kid who was working at the studio who had to do Jay's line. So it's one line Jay's saying it. One line's a completely different voice and then another <laughs> line is back to Jay. It's really, really funny. And uh, there are also some, some like older scenes that were like cut scenes because certain scenes had to be cut because of content, but then they had to pad the mm-hmm. time with something. So it also has some different scenes edited back in. I thought it was really unique to have like this TV cut of this movie because I thought yeah, there was a point in like 98 where this would have been someone's first exposure to seeing it because that was even Ghostbusters. I remember there were a bunch of alternate scenes, which thankfully showed up eventually, I think on the Blu-ray. I knew the TV cut of Ghostbusters so much better because there was no, we came, we saw, we kicked its ass. That was something completely different. Fankman comes out and says something much calmer. Same with, um, you go get the court order and I'll sue your ass for wrongful prosecution where he's yelling at, at the guy. Instead, he just stands up slowly, looks at him and says, you could get the court order. And I'll sue your funny face for wrongful prosecution. So when all of a sudden he, he's all fired up, he's like, you get the court order and I'll sue. I was like, whoa. Like eventually when I got the DVD, right, I thought, right. wow, this is completely different. But that was a thing back in the day. You'd have these these TV cuts. So, yeah, for something like coming to America, I knew. I knew Sam Jackson coming in to <laughs> hold that's, up McDowell exactly, and hearing that's exactly the part I was thinking. Yeah. Of, who but... the hell is this airhead? Yeah. <laughs> Which obviously is not the line at all. He was the only person I was surprised to not see in that movie. That is, I, I was too. I, I like, really how are they going to shoehorn Samuel L. Jackson? It's just... <laughs> like, here's a dude who's in every movie anyway. That's so right. it wouldn't be a curveball for him to show up. That's right. But he That's also right. was in the first one. I expected Cuba Gooding Jr. to be sitting in the barber's chair again. I thought that would have been hilarious. I, I, like, that. that would have been my favorite thing if they actually yeah. had him. Same. No dialogue. Nobody refers yeah, to no. it. Don't e- don't even acknowledge him. Exactly. He's just, there getting He's just in that chair getting the haircut still 30 <laughs> years later. I thought that would have been brilliant. That would have been fantastic. I'm sorry I, thought, I, I thought the same thing, yeah. I'm sorry they didn't do it. But, yeah, it's it's tough. There, there's It's very rare that a sequel is as good or better 
than the original. And that's kind of what I was thinking about in the last couple of days. I did a blog about this on my website um, years ago. Mm-hmm. I guess it was about seven years ago because I remember when um, Captain America Winter Soldier came out and it got me thinking about like, well, that was a step up from the last one. Yeah. What are some other sequels that were great? And there were a few that are pretty obvious to me. Obviously, Terminator 2 is great as yeah, Terminator that's, I mean, is. that's the first that's the first one that comes to mind. That has to be that that is tied up top with The Dark Knight, because I feel like that's another one people immediately go okay. to. Yeah. yeah. And I loved Batman Begins. That was tough to acknowledge when I saw The Dark Knight, because the first time I saw having grown up with Michael Keaton being my Batman. It's mm-hmm. like how Brits have, you know, their Doctor Who they grew up with for us. Right. We, had, we had Batmans in the 80s. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and um, that that was just the best Batman movie ever until 2005. And I saw Batman Begins. And I thought, wow, that actually was the best Batman movie I've ever seen after one viewing. And yeah. then The Dark Knight comes out and it's even better. And I'm thinking, like, I almost couldn't handle it. Yeah. But um, I think Batman Begins is now underrated because of how good I completely, I completely yeah. agree with you because having yeah, yeah, just yeah. that that's another trilogy because I've been watching some franchises during you know quarantine the last year. That was mm-hmm. one having rewatched over the course of two nights that I thought, yeah, you know what? This movie really is great just on its own, but it is overshadowed yeah. by the Dark Knight completely. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. And then there's the third one, which is, you know, a conclusion. It's a movie. It's, it's yeah. But um, Bane's cool. Aliens is another one. Where I, yeah. I, the, the first Alien is great, but it's definitely a horror movie. The second movie's sci-fi, but it's mm-hmm. it's more of a straightforward, I should say, sci-fi movie. But I do like it better. I, I know because it's almost a different genre. You know, it's a little bit of a turn, right, for it. But right, God, that's another one that I look at as just like being a, a better sequel than the original one. Um, what is it that you can think of? I realize I'm putting you a little bit so, on the spot. So, here. I mean, I, the first one that I thought of was Terminator 2 also. Right. Um, and then funny enough, I didn't even think of, of The Dark Knight, which is insane. Um, but uh, I was, and I I don't know if this counts or not, but I would say Toy Story 3. Yeah. Yeah. Th- you know? There's a franchise that for a lot of people just kept getting better. Like a lot of people, the yeah. fourth one is their favorite and I get it. Right. But even at the point right. when the third one came out, I thought, wow, this movie is really, really strong because that's a, that's a franchise that is tough because they did keep getting better. Yeah, and I, yeah. I do love the fourth one, but the third one, yeah, there was just certain, maybe it's being invested in these characters for so long that the third one felt like such a great payoff. It did, and yeah. I, I had that same and fear. Like, and it felt like such a different movie. Like the, the first two had kind of like some adult things, like mm-hmm. themes uh, in them, but I don't know, like, I can't, I can't imagine being like eight and watching Toy Story three. I, I feel like I would have no idea what was going on. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of depth to it yeah, yeah. that we get because it's also a product of our age. I mean, we would have been, I think that was summer of 2010. So like 29 or mm-hmm. 28, you know, we'd have yep. been, you would have been 28 where it, it just, it hits you differently than it would have as a child, as yeah. a child, just watching a Pixar movie and Pixar is the only one who I feel like can really pull that off. Although I, with with making sure there's something for adults and kids in there yeah, where you're getting definitely. something different out of it. And there are some movies that age in that way where you just find, oh, I was just having a conversation about this, about a movie that just hits differently as an adult. Oh, man, what movie was it? Completely forgot about it. But I'll think of it as soon as we wrap up the show, because that's yeah, how it right, always goes. Right. That's, like, Damn, that's, that's what happens. Yeah, that's what I was supposed to talk about. But anyway. Those movies and Pixar's great at putting things in where it's a kids movie. Kids can watch it and enjoy it, but there's adult themes in there and you just get a different take on it. Yeah. As an adult watching it. 
and you think, right. wow, there's a lot to it. To the point where I think it spoils a lot of animated movies. Like I was talking to a friend of mine who was just talking about um, to be timely. The trailer for the Space Jam sequel dropped today. Mm-hmm. And I was talking with Andrew earlier about it. And he was just like, yeah, it just does nothing for me. I think it looks terrible. And I just my, my take on it is well, yeah. it's, it's not for us. It, it is a kid's movie, and that's okay. Right. We, we're kind of spoiled by things like Pixar, or I'll even say the first two Shrek movies, um, or you know, people like this big will me kind of in, in the same way, mm-hmm. where there's stuff for kids, there's stuff for adults. And we're kind of spoiled by that, that there are these animated movies where there's, you know, they're for us too as right. adults. And I said, it's okay, that's just a kid's movie. Like, you can't watch a Trolls movie and say, oh, wow, I got a lot out of that as a, as a parent. <laughs> I'm sure yeah, you probably know what I'm talking about. You're like, oh, I God. do. I do. I actually like those movies. But... Oh, you do? Oh, okay. Well, I do. what do I know? You know, you know what? It, it's there's enough in it with the music that is that makes it okay. I you see. know what I mean? So you can latch on to something, even if it's yeah. just I yeah, know yeah, that yeah. song. Yeah, I just, I just need the tiniest thing. It, <laughs> it doesn't take much. So Patrick Stewart's voice in the Emoji Movie that sealed it for you too? No. Get <laughs> I'm not comparing the two. Listen, I challenge anyone to watch Secret Life of Pets and not have a good time. Okay, I'll agree with that. I I didn't see the second one yet. I should. That one's good. That one's good, too. And that's what everyone's saying. Another great sequel, obviously. T2, Dark Knight, Secret Life of Pets (laughs) 2. That needs to be in the conversation even more. It does. does. Nobody thinks to bring it up. Yeah, here we are breaking ground. That's what we do on this it, show. But it's it's surprising. So I saw the Space Jam uh, two trailer, and I just rewatched the first one. Um, did you watch it with your son? I did. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who's who's six? And it was my turn to pick the movie, and I was like, mm, we'll try Space Jam, you know. Um, and it was not, it was the first one wasn't as good as I remembered it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's aged poorly. It, yeah. You know, well, and part, part of it, part of it is like, I think the Looney Tunes humor in general has aged poorly for me. Maybe that's just me. And then like the stuff that Jordan does and like the live action people, like Bill Murray's still funny. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, but I, it's just, I don't know. It's kind of, I was like, really, this is, you know, this is just not, not what I remember. This doesn't hold up. The soundtrack's still good. That was the fourth or fifth CD I ever bought. I used to keep my CD back before I had 3000. That was a point when I stopped counting when I hit 3000. But, uh, and that's not a joke people in case you don't know if you, if you're newer, if you've only started listening the last year, that's a legitimate thing. I have over 3000 CDs. I don't, I stopped counting at that point, but I used to have them once upon a time in like seventh grade <laughs> before I had my own money to blow on CDs. Uh, I used to have them in order of when I purchased. So it started with Mariah Carey emotions. Don't tweet me. And, uh, the fourth or fifth one was the space jam soundtrack, which Listen, I defy anybody to at least not briefly sing along to I Believe I Can Fly Before You Catch Yourself and then realize like, oh, no, we can't do that anymore. That's <laughs> Can we not? I mean, there's a little bit of a stigma, I think. I think. I, don't know. I mean, now that we have a different idea of what flying means. If flying means urinating on underage girls, sure. <laughs> but uh, there's there's a song that maybe doesn't age well because of things <laughs> we know. 
pretty much his entire catalog. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of that's called into question. Believe me, believe me, I had many, many CDs. <laughs> and you just you question all of it. Yeah, the entire catalog. It's like, what's it, what's he really talking about here? Yeah, like, oh, I know what he was keeping on the down low. Nobody has to know. Right. Now we know what was being kept on the down low. Golden right. showers. Right. <laughs> oh man. Yikes. Well, it's funny. Like when Space Jam came out, because that was ninety four ish. I'm trying to remember. Probably, yeah, probably around that ninety four, ninety. No, actually, maybe. I really Jordan was retired. Yeah, probably ninety four, ninety five. See, now I got to look it up if because I had, I, if I had to guess, I, I should have looked into it already, but unfortunately, I didn't. But I'm thinking we probably were right at the top. Ninety six. Wow. Okay, that does catch me off guard. Okay, nineteen ninety six. So, all right, it came out. I was probably since I'm born October. It probably came out early in the year. So I was 14. Mm-hmm. You would have been 13. So we were like right at the. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, you, you would have been 14. So that, but anyway, we were like right, right at the point where we were going to age out of something like Space yeah. Jam. Yeah. So it, it probably just made it under the wire for us at that age. And I even thought, man, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Space Jam in forever. I remember ordering off pay-per-view because that was the way I saw movies back then before I could drive. That's, yeah, that's that's when everything changed. I have my own money in a car. Forget it. That's when life really, uh, really became interesting for me. Oh, but yeah. yeah, I ordered off pay-per-view and I remember seeing it and I thought, man, I haven't seen that movie in forever. And then I was <laughs> looking on, I must've been HBO max and saying, Oh, it's gotta be on here. And then I had a brief moment where I thought, wait a minute, I think I might own this movie. And of course I'm spinning the, the spinner rack and I'm looking like, I own Space Jam on Blu-ray. Didn't even realize it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched on it. Blu- on Blu-ray. Wow, what an interesting How- choice. <laughs> I'm thinking at some point, I plunked down 5 to $10 on this movie, and I have no recollection of it. And I don't right. think I've ever opened the case. I mean, I did at that point, because I thought, is this for real? Right. Like, I must have bought it. New- like, I'll buy you stuff. Is out of print? But I thought, I mm-hmm. bought this movie at some point? For a movie I couldn't, I, I barely remember, and I've probably seen twice. And definitely have not seen it on the format I own it in or on. Really, right, really you weird. Would, you would remember Wayne Knight in Blu-ray in like crystal clear HD. <laughs> I mean, who couldn't remember Newman in crisp HD, right. if we're being honest? Yeah. And now I do want to rewatch it just because, kind of like you, I want to see how it holds up. And because I, I liked it. Not enough that I thought I'd eventually own it in high definition. <laughs> Yet here we are. But I I remember liking the movie, but I I don't feel like there's anything lost by rewatching it for me, except whatever I spent on on buying this Blu-ray. I really couldn't get over it. I was for the rest of the day, I was just, what the hell? Where? Because I'm usually pretty good at that. Like I know where and when I bought right. stuff. And I thought when when did this happen? When did I pick this up? When was I shopping and I said that's a good idea? I'm gonna. Pass. It must have been on Black Friday and it was like three ninety nine and it was a complete impulse buy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the best I can figure because I can't imagine I would have like that wasn't a day one for me. Uh, that certain <laughs> certain movies you, are. You were in, you were banging on the door. At, I was uh, I, yeah I was lined up at nine forty five tapping on my watch at outside Best Buy like listen. <laughs> I got to get in there. I got I to get your right. first thing. I it's, don't want it, everybody to, to everybody else to get there. Yeah, I, I will. I will step on mofo's necks to get in here and get me a copy of Space Jam in crisp HD. You're right. 
I don't think it was that. It must have been like a, a complete like impulse purchase for three ninety nine or something at, right. on a Black right. Friday. It, it had right. to be. But um, anyway, so that's something I feel like rewatching that movie isn't going to lose anything. Although, funnily enough, our friend Corey, as a kid, he loved the Masters of the Universe movie. <laughs> right. And he refuses to watch it again because he knows it won't hold up. And he wants to keep that pristine memory he has of it. Right. And I can't blame right. him. I think it's great for as not great as it is. It's not like a movie so bad it's good or it's not like a right. good bad movie. I think it actually is a good movie. It's obviously limited by budget and Dolph Lundgren's ability to deliver dialogue, stuff like that. Hinder it a little bit, but I still enjoy it for what it is. I think it's a fun movie and I've encouraged him to rewatch. I'm like, no, it actually is good. You could watch it. I went to an anniversary screening a couple of years ago. That was something I did while I was in California. I didn't meet Lemmy, but I got to see the, the 30th anniversary or whatever the hell it was screening 25th anniversary screening of masters of the universe on the big screen got to fulfill all those childhood dreams got to see gi joe and transformers on the big screen oh wow oh good times but i don't look at space jam as being something like that and at the same time the sequel i as much as i hate to admit because i'm big on going to the movies and going to see stuff in the theater but this is a situation we're in in 2021 so i i saw the trailer and i thought yeah, going to watch it because it's on HBO Max. Yeah, right. that, that's really yeah. where I'm at. I'm like, I have yeah. something and I can watch this movie. And that's how I'm going to watch it. It's the same for Godzilla versus Kong. Like, I don't expect it to be a great movie. I am going to watch it. Right. Right. But it's convenient to be able to watch it at home. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that uh, I'm sure like going back to coming to America, I'm sure if I went to the movies and paid, you know, whatever, $15 a ticket to see it, I might view it differently you know? uh, totally i was thinking the same thing yeah i was thinking wow if people went and saw that they probably would have been upset disappointed and yeah. word would have spread really fast and it would have had a good strong opening i mean even though it's it's a pg-13 movie it's we still would have strong enough opening probably would have done <laughs> like 30 million and a swift nosedive down to like eighth place yeah. <laughs> i yeah. really did think that because i'm like people are not liking this one of the reasons i held off is because every comment I saw on social media from people I knew who are around our age, who had similar expectations, mm. they either didn't like it or absolutely hated it. There was no <laughs> positive there reviews. Was... There was nobody saying, like, it's good for what it is or it's better than right. I expected. None of that. I was even looking for it. I right, said, is there right. somebody who thought it's better than it was going to be? I mean, I realize you're supposed to feel nostalgia and excitement. I just felt boredom. I hate saying it because I love Eddie Murphy and I'm mm -hmm. happy to see him doing any movies. He hasn't done a whole lot in the last couple of years. And this is something that I'm probably never going to watch again. It's in that Dumb and Dumber 2 category for me where I'm thinking like, I saw it. That's it. Right. I I'll always have the right. first one. Doesn't change the first movie for me. Yeah. But I don't know. Just just didn't do it for me. But it's it's tough. It's tough pulling off a successful sequel. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people who don't like Beverly Hills Cop 2. Because they're like, oh, it's nowhere near as good as the first one. I even rewatched those recently. Even the third one. Yes, I sat through all three of them. Because I just got the set that those were recently uh, remastered and they, they look pristine. That, that's an excellent Blu-ray purchase if you got 15 bucks. I highly recommend everybody pick up the Beverly Hills Cop trilogy. Uh, leave the third one in the case. But watch the first two. I get why people don't like the second one because the second one is more an action movie than a comedy. The first movie feels like a comedy. The second movie feels right. like an action movie. So right. I get that there is a, a tonal difference, so to speak. 
So I understand why people aren't as crazy about the sequel to that. I still like it because I like seeing those characters go on another adventure and it's not a carbon copy of the first one. Right. And I do like right. that. That is one of the things I look at when it comes to sequels. I think, okay, this isn't, this is a new story. You just want to see the characters together again. So I, I probably shouldn't admit this, but I like the third one. <laughs> it's not that you can't admit it. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, first of all, the obvious question is why? <laughs> I I don't really have an answer for that. I I think there's there's a, a a a time where movies came out where I rented them over and over again because right, that was right. what was available to me. And Beverly Hills Cop Three just happened to be one of them. You know, when is the last time you watched it? I, I, again, <laughs> it, like with I mean, I can't put it in the same boat as masters of the universe because it's probably because that's probably a much better movie um, <laughs> i don't know I, I i think we need to hang out and we need to go over this <laughs> now that we're vaccinated i'm pretty sure we need to do a double feature masters of the universe beverly hills cop three i and think probably probably two uh that's a live beverly hills cop three and liking where do you stand on ghostbusters too I like Ghostbusters too. That's a retread. Oh, okay. That's right. absolutely right. a retread of the I, first okay. movie. Because I, I like Ghostbuster too, and I know a lot of people hate it. Yeah, that's another one too. Same thing. That's the argument people. A lot of people will give. It's the same movie. It is actually. Right. It's it's basically right. the same movie. We're right. not in business in the beginning, but we're gonna be by the end of the first act. Um, I get it. That that's one I understand why people don't like. It. I like it because I just like the characters. Wish we'd gotten that. There's another one. Like there was a window where the third one would have been a great idea. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't unfortunately happen in a, a time frame that would have actually worked. And then obviously with the right. loss of Harold Ramis, now it's, well, what are we going to do? Yeah. 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 So, but that would have been great. I did. I remember actually asking Ivan Reitman. I went to a screening of Ghostbusters 2 and Ivan Reitman did a and a This is another thing I did while I was out in Los Angeles. And because I thought... I like Ghostbusters 2 anyway, and I didn't see it on the big screen. Yet another movie I didn't see in the theater as a kid. I, my right. experience of that is watching it on TV. So I thought there were always rumors about Ghostbusters Go to Hell was going to be the third movie, which as a title uh-huh. is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. who doesn't want to go see that movie? Like, right. I mean, it, even, even if that's just what, even if it means they die and we're just hanging out in hell for an hour and 45 minutes, like right at the beginning of the movie, something explodes and they're all dead. I'm still there. But I asked Ivan Reitman about it and he said that kind of became, they took some of those ideas for Ghostbusters too. I actually have it recorded. Mm-hmm. I recorded the Q and a on my phone. I just have my phone kind of in my lap and record him taking right. everybody's questions. But, uh, he said, yes, yeah, some of that was just dark. It was going to be a bigger budget. And it's people have asked about it before. I'm sure Dan Aykroyd has taken questions about this script before mm-hmm. as well. Um, and I'm sure it's out there. You can get anything now. Various drafts, yeah. and different yeah, movies yeah, yeah, that yeah. never got made. Everything gets shared in, in PDF form. But I thought, wow, that's that's a really cool idea. And that would have been great for like the late 90s. I think everybody mm-hmm. would have been in. But then it gets to a point where it's like. 2011 hey we're gonna make a third ghostbusters movie I'm like are you really yeah are you guys gonna be the ghosts <laughs> <laughs> i i don't know about this i mean now legitimately they have one i'm sorry we love you Howard ramis and you're dearly missed but comedy needs to comedy so you yeah know, you, you actually have yeah. a ghost among you now but uh anyway yeah see that's one same people don't like it 
people don't yeah. like the second one they don't see it for what it is i like you know for all its flaws and everything i still enjoy it i think that's a fun movie what else we got um it, it's very it's always easy to point to horror movies i feel like i actually only thought of this because i'm wearing the t-shirt right now for army of darkness oh okay and, and I, was, I was trying to the, yeah the evil was. dead trilogy i love what's not to love and there's one too everybody kind of regards evil dead 2 as the best one among them and i do i mean for all the the you know the shoestring budget and the cheapness and everything that made that first evil dead movie you've seen them i assume right at some uh, point it, it, maybe one maybe. of the few horror movies that, that i have seen yeah. okay i love the kind of cheesiness and the low budget nature of of the first movie i just think that's really fun i understand evil dead 2 is evil dead with a budget <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it's it's basically the same movie but there is some more stuff kind of added to it and i love army of darkness which is straight mm-hmm. comedy basically it's not played for for scares at all yeah yeah yeah. so there's another one and i feel like that's something where in terms of horror movies they tend to be diminishing returns when it comes to sequels mm-hmm. and uh, i mean scream i'm thinking about stuff from high school because i watched right. a bunch of a bunch of movies that i never saw in high school when we went when we were in high school where that the the slasher movie was prevalent started with scream and all the other knockoffs came about and i've recently watched them within the last year for the first time, because I'd never seen Urban Legend. I'd never seen I Know What You Did last summer. I didn't see a bunch right. of those movies because even though I was a target demographic for them at the time, I just kind of didn't care. And I saw mm-hmm. Scream and loved it. And I said, well, everything's just going to be a ripoff of Scream. And it was. But having watched them for the first time, I'll say this. I mean, Urban Legend Final Cut I actually did see in the theater. That was the one movie I saw when I was on my way out of Marine Corps boot camp. When they <laughs> we went to the movies, the RSP, Recruit Separation Platoon. Uh, we went to the movies one Friday night. There was one movie theater with one screen on base. And they took us there, and it was Urban Legend Final Cut. And I enjoyed the hell out of it because I hadn't seen a movie in two months. So, I thought, <laughs> so the bar was low. Yeah, Urban yeah, Legend yeah. Final Cut, you know what? It just it checked all the boxes for me at the time. Uh, having rewatched it now, 21 years later, not so much. But, like, those are fun. I can watch those now in part because nostalgia. Because, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, it's been 20 years. The nostalgia of that time, especially the pre-cell phone time. I feel like that defines so many movies where you think, I mean, that's the easy joke about something like Home Alone. Like, well, if if everybody had an iPhone, the movie would be over. (laughs) It'd be six minutes. It'd be a funnier die sketch. And then that's it. (laughs) And meanwhile, because we didn't have that, then you kind of can separate movies between, well, this would have been solved if we had modern technology. Right. So Home Alone 2, another great uh, exactly. It's like, where are you? I'm in New York. Where are you? <laughs> That's it. Okay, we got to fly to New York and get Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's over. Sorry about the game. Yeah, no shenanigans. Sorry, Tim Curry. <laughs> we brought you here for nothing. Yeah. But, yeah, horror movies, I feel like a lot of times, like the first Saw is great. I only saw up to the third one, and I just thought, mm-hmm. eh, forget it. It just what it was just torture porn. I mean, that's why right. that, that that's where the name came from. It was yeah. a genre for a little while. And, um... Scream was definitely the best one, although Scream 3 is hilarious because it's so bad. <laughs> That's a movie that is endlessly entertaining because it's terrible. Right. It's just right. not a good movie at all. In the same way, I I actually enjoyed I Know What You Did last summer, which I, like I said, didn't see when it came mm. out. So having watched it, I said, you know what? That is a fun movie. And it's fun to watch something like that with the expectation removed because you can just kind of watch it. It's been long enough that you can just watch it for what it is. Right, instead of right. being a part of okay this is the 
this is the the genre right now. This is what everybody's making, and you just kind of, you know, burn out by it. That was a fun movie. I still know what you did last summer. Same thing. Oh, it's a train wreck, and it's so entertaining. I think that's still on Hulu. So listen, if you like, if you enjoy entertainment as I do, watch. I still know what you did last summer because great title, by the way. It really is actually. I thought it would have been easy. Like I know what you did last summer too. T U O O. And then it's like, oh, there's another dude with a hook, and he's <laughs> he's coming to get you. Uh, I thought that movie was fun because it, it was it's so ridiculous, it's so convoluted. <laughs> Everything that happens, everybody makes the worst decision. It's it's a laugh riot. I actually really enjoyed that. So not for the right reasons is the sequel better. In the <laughs> same way, Scream. Scream's a great movie. Just just all around, objectively, it's a great movie. Sure, and. The sequ- Although I did like the fourth scream, I have to say that was that was pretty good. But it's it's hard to beat that first movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, speaking of Eddie Murphy, Nutty Professor, there's another one. People couldn't yeah. shut up about that first movie. That first movie was so beloved. Second movie came out, and I don't know anybody who talks about the first movie, uh, the second movie no. rather, in the same way. I don't. Even, I don't even know if I could. I I definitely saw it in the theaters. I don't think I could tell you what happens in the movie. Yeah, I, I never saw yeah. it. I got tired of everybody saying Hercules, Hercules. And I just said, I'm out. <laughs> I said, this movie's going to have more of that. See, I saw the trend coming. I, like, this movie's oh, but the, I mean, the first one's just. Oh, that scene at the dinner table is hysterical yeah. when Eddie Murphy's yeah. playing everybody except Jada Pinkett. Yeah. Uh, before she was a, before she got smithed. Right. And um, yeah, that was that scene is still hysterical and shows just the range of Eddie Murphy, which, you know, we got a glimpse of in coming to America where he got to play a couple different characters. But speaking of, of fun. Will Smith with and sequels that take a while, I okay. think all the Bad Boys mo- movies are good. That's right. That's right. I haven't seen Bad Boys for Life, even though it's been on stars for like six months. I keep telling right. myself I'm going to watch it's, it. It's solid. It's solid. Is it? Okay. Yeah. See, there's another yeah. one that Bad Boys 2 is, I think, 2002. So it's been a while. It's been a while. I was, yeah, I would say 2002, 2004, something like that. Yeah, somewhere in that range. I don't remember. I, that was one I remember watching on DVD. But it was good, though. Bad Boys for Life, you enjoyed? Yeah. You felt it was a satisfying? It, it was solid. It was solid. Okay. You know. Would you have been sorry if they hadn't made it? Probably not. Okay. You know, that's, I mean, that's I, what I I'm didn't, wondering. I didn't need it. Yeah, you know, but I, I you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the first two, and I was like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm into this. I'll give it a shot, and it was, it was solid. Okay, I'm gonna watch it, and that's another one that I said I'm gonna watch them all because I saw Bad Boys two once. Mm-hmm. I've seen the original Bad Boys a hundred times because that was on back in the days, and there were only two HBOs. Yeah, that's right. But it was on every day, every right. day. So I saw yeah. the original Bad Boys. Geez. I, I can't even tell dozens of times for sure. I mean, maybe not a hundred, but I probably have seen that movie 20 times because it was always yeah. on TV. Yeah. It was always on HBO. Like once it premiered, it just between the two channels, it was always on. I think it had like an AMC run too. And that's, and I, I think it was, I hope it was AMC because it's not like a movie that you associate with AMC. Yeah. You know, it was not, like, not uh, Sawshank Redemption, A Few Good Men, and Bad Boys. It was like, <laughs> yeah. Now there's a lineup. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a Sunday afternoon, a bunch of edited for television '90s movies. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's just what I want to tune in for. It's like, well, 
listen, I don't subscribe to streamers. I still got cable. What's on? All right. A few good men. What's on next? Bad boys. Woo. I'm young um, again. <laughs> except, I can, except I can't hear the curses. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, it's it's tricky business when uh, when doing all these sequels at any point, because it's not like they always pan out. And there's a few that aren't. But actually, like I mentioned earlier, Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon 3 is my favorite one. I know people don't like that because Riggs isn't suicidal. Uh, God forbid the guy gets happy at some point. I mean, I feel like it would have been kind of tired if in the third movie he's still depressed about like every woman I love with, I fall in love with gets killed. I mean, if it was, you know, we're, we're going to do a third lap around that idea. I really right. think people would have been like, all right, we, we get it. We get it. We get it. <laughs> so the idea that Riggs is happy, God forbid. This uh, may be on par with my Beverly Hills Cop 3 thoughts, but I also like Lethal Weapon 4. I do too. I like it for... For what it is. I thought that was a lot of fun. For a little while, that yeah. pulled ahead of Lethal Weapon 3 for me. It was and fun it, having Chris Rock in there. And then uh, it was, was like the first movie that Jet Li did, I think. And I was like, oh my God, this guy is ridiculous. I know. There's a great documentary. That's another point. Here I am plugging away at Blu-rays, man. I should really get an endorsement deal from somebody. But they put out. They put out. Although a, I don't know who you would sell it to. At this, I, at this point, I don't know. But I'm just. I'm in. What can I say? I love making of stuff and behind the scenes and it feeds the the creative and, and filmmaking part of me because that's something I'm chipping away at. But there's a great doc. It's a four part documentary on there was a lethal weapon box that they came out in like uh, 2012, I think. And um, they talked about making that movie. And I mean, they talk about all of them. I think each I think the four parts. Yeah, there's one devoted to basically each movie. Mm hmm. And yeah, Jet Li moved so fast that the camera wasn't even catching it. They had to have him slow down to do all. That. I know it's mind blowing. I'm thinking, awesome. really? Like that's fantastic. The idea that it wouldn't show up on camera because that's the, you know, joke when you, you try to pull that on little kids. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. it's you know like I'm gonna grab, I'm gonna grab. Up, oh, did you see? Yeah, right. I'm too fast for you. Where did that quarter come from? Yeah. Like, from behind <laughs> your ear. Exactly. Like, uh, uh. That's the kind of stuff you pull on. But meanwhile, there's a real life version of that. And it's Jet Li moving so fast. Oh, imagine that, Jet Li pulling a quarter from behind your ear. You be like, there really I, was a quarter behind my ear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. How long has that been there? It's like, yeah. when you find broccoli in your teeth? Right. You're like, how long have I walked around the quarter behind my ear? <laughs> Thank you, Jet Li. I've been walking around like an idiot. <laughs> I've been saying I'm broke and I've always had one last quarter I could depend on. <laughs> Who knew? As soon as I spent that emergency 10 tucked away in my wallet, I thought I had nothing left. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, th that's kind of what um, what I wonder about with sequels. I mean, I feel the same way about uh, the fourth Matrix. Like, I'm thinking, okay, th those movies kind of ended on a whimper. <laughs> they started strong yeah. and then two and three yeah. were not great. Another trilogy I rewatched during the pandemic. And I'm thinking, I don't know how the fourth one's going to go. They haven't revealed the title yet, so I'm sure the title is going to kind of give us an idea. Like, right. everybody's dead, so I don't know how this is going to happen at all. But uh, that's, there's a real spoiler, but if you haven't, <laughs> if, you, if you didn't see Matrix Revolutions by now. I think you're safe. Yeah, I, think you're safe. I, I don't think you were planning on it. So, yeah, I don't want to get some angry DMs just like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I've been waiting. I just finished the second one. And <laughs> I said I was going to save the trilogy for when the fourth one was coming out so I could be up to date. And you ruined it. Oh, man. But there's one where I think, all right, I, I can be more objective about it now where if if it's not great, if I don't like it, 
then I can just look at it as, all right, forget it. The first one's still great because that did like there's one where the sequel tainted the first one for me for a while. Because mm-hmm. I saw the first one, I was just like, okay, that was okay. What was all the hype about? Because that was another movie, like especially because of the point we came out. We weren't quite 17 yet when that movie right. came out. It was We were like 16-ish. And eventually renting it and watching it and saying like, okay, that was cool. But mm-hmm. the way everybody's carrying on, I, I frankly expected more. And then watching it again before the second one came out, I said, oh, okay, you know what? That is really cool. All right, now I'm excited to see the second one. And saw the second one open right. night and it wasn't great. And it took away from the first one for me because I said, well, if that's what happens afterwards, if Neo just becomes Superman, then uh, I don't don't know. Right. Yeah. Right. That's it. Like, it was kind of interesting that he was discovering all this stuff. And at the point when, you know, they're picking up however many years after and I get he's evolved and whatever in the second one. But I just thought, "Mm, no. But then having rewatched him, I thought like, okay, the first one's great and I can kind of disregard. Right. Right. Yeah. I think for a while the first one became... Uh, like I had it on DVD and I wouldn't, I wouldn't rewatch it. I would just be like, oh, okay, chapter like 16 is the fight in the office building or whatever. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I would just watch those, those scenes. Yeah. You know, it was like a uh, YouTube before YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to watch highlights. This yeah, is the, exactly. The matrix exactly. sizzle reel. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I do that. There are plenty of movies. I skim through infinity war all the time because there's so much great stuff in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I watched the uh, the the end game mm-hmm. scene with the audience reaction. Oh yeah, oh that's you know, awesome. Where like everybody everybody comes back. I think I watched that probably like once a week at this point. Yeah. Oh, same thing you know? from from where the three of them walk out to fight Thanos again. I'll mm-hmm. watch that movie to the end. Yeah, a couple yeah. of times. Or I'll do that with like Goodfellas. I'll just skim and, and watch like a couple of scenes. There are a few movies like that where I think. I'm going to watch some of my favorites because I don't know if I have two and a half hours to sit. I mean, I do. Who am I kidding? I got nowhere to be. <laughs> but when I tell myself I can't just sit and watch a two and a half hour movie um, and I'll just watch certain scenes. There, there are a few movies like that for me. It's definitely Goodfellas. I definitely watched Infinity War and Endgame. Uh, the highlights. There are a few of them. You know what I recently rewatched as well, which I, I forgot that still completely holds up that I don't think. I don't know if it would have the appeal of, let's say, 13-year-olds today, but Tommy Boy. So I, great. I also just rewatched that recently. And, and it totally holds up. It's 100%. Yeah. I think, I think all Chris Farley movies hold up for some, for some reason. Well, I did also rewatch Black Sheep, and kind of didn't for me. No? Not, right. in, well, not in any way. I actually see, like, oh, they were trying to do this again. I get it. I mean, I yeah. liked it when I first watched it. That was another pay-per-view watch for me back in the day. And I thought, I just want to see Chris Farley and David Spade. And then having watched it again, I thought, yeah, there's nothing to this. It's let's do another movie with these two together. Right. And that's, right. that's that's the top and bottom of it. But I mean, that's just for me. And Beverly Hills Ninja, I hated. I My friends oh, blamed man. me for going to see that. I, I, bet, I bet that would be one of those things where if I watched it now, I'd be like, I can't believe I even like this right. movie in the first place. Yeah, there, there are a few of those. I should have written a list down. That could be a future episode. Here are movies that don't hold up. Right. That we watched. What do you said, what do you think about um I'm asking this because I just watched uh the first episode of the Mighty Ducks show on Disney Plus. Oh right. What what do you think about the uh like the, the sequels like uh the uh like Cobra Kai that becomes a Netflix show or later on? It's interesting because I don't know if, I don't I don't even know if you've seen 
I have seen those. I haven't seen Cobra Kai and I haven't seen the Karate Kid movies since I was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. And I enjoy them as a kid. And that's one that I'm sure I could watch them now. But I feel like those movies reach you as a kid and it's easy to to push the nostalgia button and watch it again and say that was great. Well, it was great because I was seven and mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't have rent and a car payment and a cell phone and people bugging me right. all day long about simpler times. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. Where it's like, right. oh, things were just better back then. They're better back then because I had no responsibility. All I yeah. had to do was yeah, yeah. go to elementary school. Big whoop. <laughs> Whatever my responsibilities were in second grade were minute compared to right. what I'm dealing with these yeah. days. Yep. Yeah. Now it's just all aggravation. Back then, not so much. But I, uh, I haven't watched Cobra Kai. I know a bunch of people who are. And I, I like the idea of it. I think it's cool to take it to a place where... These characters are kind of living their lives. I like the idea that Daniel is just one of the biggest car dealership, most successful car dealership owners in Southern California. Like, I, I kind of like that he was just a karate champion as a teenager and didn't go right. on to be president or something, <laughs> because that would have been the unrealistic expectation of here's how important things you do at 13 are. <laughs> It's like, you know what? I didn't go to I didn't go to prom junior or senior prom. And back then people said, like, it's going to ruin your life. It said, I mean, then again, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it did have an adverse effect on my life. It's, hang on. Now I got to get pensive about it because oh, yeah. maybe maybe yeah. it did. Maybe it did ruin my life. Yikes. But it's one of those things where, OK, that was an event that happened when he was 13 or however old he was in, in the movie. And now he's gone on to just be an adult and gotten on with right. life. And that was a part of his childhood. And the idea that they're kind of bringing this thing back later and it's it's moving on to a new generation. That idea I actually really like. It's what I wish and, they'd and done I, with Ghostbusters. And, and, I, and I like the, uh, you know, actually, you know, it's being told from a different point of view. So it's like, you know, actually, you know, Daniel was kind of a jerk, you know? Yeah, yeah that too. And, and and maybe from a different point of view was the villain, you know, instead of um, instead of he's just the hero and the one you need yeah, to root for the yeah. entire time. Yeah, I do like that. The idea of having a different perspective of, wow, that kid was a jerk and I'm going to mm-hmm. show him like and he never got over it because we know people who've had those things from childhood and they just can't let them go or they have some grudge that they hold against somebody. Right. And it, it just hasn't gone away. Which is yeah. a drag, but that's also something relatable, especially when you get to a certain yeah. age, which is, I mean, geez, those guys are, I think they're turning 60 this year. <laughs> like Ralph Macchio, I think is turning 60. And uh, uh, William Zapka, I think his name is, yeah. is uh, yeah, also so, yeah. like they're right around there. Yeah. And man, it, it is one of those things where it's the stuff you kind of learn the older you get, where you're kind of putting those things in perspective and also kind of uncovering where those feelings have come from. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, if you've done a lot of therapy like me, but th- there's also the the understanding that you only get with age and with the perspective that True. time gives yeah. you. So that, I think, is an interesting idea. I'm just not so into Karate Kid that like I've watched Cobra Kai, but people seem to right. love it. And, you know, I'm, right. I'm all for it. Right. Let's put it that way. So it's, it's good. I, I, I haven't seen it, seen it much. And, and they've only done the one episode of uh, uh, The Mighty Ducks. Um, ah, right. Basically, The Mighty Ducks premises that the ducks went from like this group of underdogs and now they're like the, uh, you know, I, I, this sounds so stupid saying like <laughs> the upper echelon, like the elite kids hockey team, the elite youth hockey team is the yeah, mighty right. ducks. Uh, yeah. It's so dumb. 
I don't even know what you just talked yourself out of watching the rest of the series. (laughs) So it's a revelatory moment. Wow. Really? uh, I'm starting to understand how silly this show is now. I was really excited to see the flying V again, but damn. Yeah. I can't even believe I put those, that jumble (laughs) into a sentence. (laughs) See, I look at that. That I think is good because there are plenty of people our age like yourself who have kids who say, ah, this is a series we can watch together. I loved right. Mighty Ducks when I was a kid. This is about a bunch of kids. It's connected to what I saw, but at the same time, it's also your things. Like, you can watch mm. that with your son. And for him, it's something, and you could go back and watch the old movies, you know, particularly the, the first one, the one good one. And then he can have something, too, that's also his. So right. there's that connection. So I feel like it's, you're definitely the target demographic for that. It's like, you like Mighty Ducks as a kid? Now your kids can like Mighty Ducks, even though it seems like you might have just talked yourself out of it. I I would love to pretend that I was watching this with my kid, but it was 100% like 10 o'clock at night. (laughs) Oh, there's a Mighty Ducks show? Oh, snap. I gotta watch this. (laughs) So that's like, (laughs) that's that's when friends of mine watch R-rated movies, and they're watching the Mighty Ducks show. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Even when I can watch whatever I want. I don't know why that tickles me so much. I'm afraid. Oh, I've been... What's 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 Emilio Estevez up to? <laughs> There's a dude who doesn't age. He looks fantastic. He's yeah, gotta he, be a hundred percent looks exactly the same. Yeah, he's gotta be knocking on sixty. I'm just doing the math on that. I don't know how old the guy is. And his he's good in the new one. Is he? I, yeah, I'm not even gonna laugh at myself for that. He's legit good in the in the in okay. the new show. Yeah, you're just trying to like the rest of the rest it. of it. I'm like, this is corny and stupid. And then Emilio Estevez comes on. And I'm like, this is the height of prestige television. <laughs> All the integrity rests on the shoulders <laughs> of one Emilio of, Estevez. Of Emilio Estevez, who, whose last movie I think was Men at Work. <laughs> He's directed a couple of movies since. Oh, okay. He did he did an interesting movie called I think was it called The Public or Public or something about um something to do with the public library. I I I'm not doing it justice by describing it, but I remember <laughs> seeing the trailer and it was, you know, an independent movie. He's done a, a couple mm-hmm. of independent movies that he's he's written and directed. And I thought, "Oh, that looks interesting." But then you just forget because you see the right. trailer once you're like, "Oh, that looks yeah. great." And then you never think about it again. Except now, when a trailer drops, like for instance, we watched uh, the trailer for the new uh, Jason Statham movie. What's it called? The War of Something. It's a Guy Ritchie movie. And the gentleman was amazing. I love that movie so much. It's right in line with Snatch and, you know, British crime movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Snatch and Lockstock, Two Smoking Barrels. And uh, saw the trailer for that. Damn it. I cannot remember the name of it, but. I said, it comes out in May, and I said, that could be the next movie I see in theaters. <laughs> I nice. never thought I was going to go out and see a Jason Statham movie in theaters. Nothing wrong with it. Right. But if you told me, like, the next movie you go to see is going to be in a Jason Statham film in the theater, I would have thought, only if it's Expendables 4. No, no. <laughs> it's called Wrath of Man. I, it looks I, like I fun. Got, I got to check that out. It does look like fun. And I thought, you know what? Got my shots. Black Widow got pushed until July. I think I'm going to go see Jason Statham. I think that's going to be my return to the movie theater. The movie theater. After wow. Rise of Skywalker was the last thing I saw. So it's been a while. And I thought, you wow. know what? Because this is an, an action movie and looks like just a fun watch. 
I think that's yeah, I think that's what it's going to be. Because something like that is much better seen, you know, on the big screen and surrounded by 11 other people. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the way to experience that. That's, yeah, that's the I way. mean, either that or at 10 o'clock at night by myself when everyone's gone to sleep. I mean, I could have a real <laughs> Mighty Ducks experience like yourself, but I don't think I wait that long. Really, really spoil yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like I got a box of milk duds <laughs> and a 55 gallon drum of Coke. All right, let's, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, you heard it here, folks. Those are our recommendations for everything you need to check out. Apparently, the Mighty Duck series, if only <laughs> no, for Amelia Westfest. No, definitely do not say it. I wouldn't say recommend, but. I mean, because yeah. they, they were going to put that on the poster. I mean, already I'm getting messages. Of, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Then, yes, go Listen, out. They, there's a ringing endorsement from Jeff Schnitzer about. Uh, <laughs> they were scary, scouring podcasts. They are. any. Anybody talking about this? They're show. like anybody giving this a positive review. It's like, well, he, he called it corny, yeah, but he said Emilio Estevez is great. Just put that in quotes. That's all, right, all we can, need. You can you can one hundred percent put that on. <laughs> the name of the show is just going to be Jeff Schnitzer endorses the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> not if you don't want anyone to listen to it. I mean, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. It's it, it was a better idea in my head. Saying it out loud, right. not so much. I'm red faced from laughing at that Mighty Ducks thing. I'm just thinking, I, I talked to my friend Dan, our friend Dan, about um about Doom Patrol. I love Doom Patrol, which is on HBO Max. I thought it was an amazing show. It was hilarious and it just got better and better with every episode for me. So mm-hmm. still recommending Doom Patrol to anybody who has HBO Max. And um I remember telling it to him and he just bought season one digitally because I said, Well, I'll just drop the you know, I have the blu-ray of season one because i still buy that shit and i said i'll drop it off when i head down to my parents house whenever like i know we're not getting in contact i was like i'll just leave it at your door and let you know when it's sitting there and you just bought it digitally he said no i'm totally gonna watch it that's the kind of show i will watch like when my son goes to bed you know for an hour or two before i go to bed at night Mm -hmm. and i'm thinking here's a dude watching essentially an r-rated tv show about some screwy comic book heroes and that's the kind of stuff he's watching his kid goes to bed. And then there's you, the complete opposite side of the spectrum, <laughs> who's watching the Mighty Duck series. For all its shortcomings, you're there for it. Um, By I yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that tickles me more than it probably it's should. Great. But it's I, great. Oh, I man. love it. I love it. So there you go, folks. We're giving you a lot to think about. Think about sequels. Take him into consideration. And again, look, just happy to see Eddie Murphy working again. If the movie didn't pan mm-hmm. out for me, no big deal. But I watched it. I think more people, that's kind of the debate people have. Well, do I put it on streaming where everybody's going to watch it? Because way more people saw the Coming to America sequel than would have in the theater. Than would have, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of the debate. Like, well, do you put a movie on Netflix where everybody's going to watch it? Or do you put it in the theater because you love the idea of having your movie playing in a movie theater where right. not so many people are going to watch it? So that's that's kind of the debate right now. That's where people are with I will say the one downside movies. is like people talked about talk about those movies like the weekend they come out mm-hmm. and, and then I feel like they kind of and it's on something else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like that even happens in. I mean, except for us, theaters. Us. of course, obviously we're, right. we're putting in, you know, an hour and 20 into talking about these movies <laughs> longer than we should. But yeah, I feel like that that even happens with event movies, because even like mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about the last two Avengers movies for the first two weeks. It's out. It's inescapable. Yeah. And then everybody kind of moves on to whatever's next. Whatever's next. I yeah. just feel like culturally that's kind of where we are because I debate that with myself when I'm writing, you know, I'm I'm working on some screenplays and fleshing out some ideas for some different things. And I, I've considered that 
from a filmmaker's perspective where, well, if I want to direct this film, and there's one I'm writing right now, which I do want to direct, I said, how would I feel in that position? Would I rather, you know, if, if Netflix or, or Amazon buys it and just puts it out and people get to see it, is that better than the prestige of having it play in the theater mm-hmm. and having a movie open up in the movie theater, even if it makes 14 bucks right. opening weekend and it's on two screens, then is that better than, well, everybody has access to it and they can see it. And it, it's an interesting kind of debate because I just feel like we're on to the next thing no matter what. Even social issues, I feel like everybody gets tired of whatever it was. Yeah, you yeah know, that's that, true. It's, it's now April, so Women's History Month is over and now we're on to... Right. You know, whatever. <laughs> colored eggs and chocolate bunnies. So, right. right. That's that. <laughs> so that's just that's my perspective. I think that's more of a, a cultural statement than anything else. So uh, sorry, everybody. Don't mean to get heavy at the end of this and, and make a statement about where we are in society. Let's get back to laughing at right. Jeff for watching the Mighty Duck show by himself. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, I love you, Jeff. And no, if you I- love Jeff, you can follow him at J.D. Schnitz on uh, that's Twitter and Instagram, right? You have the same handle. Because you're smart that yep. way, unlike me? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So follow him for more hilarity. You can follow me, of course, at Chris Abalo on Twitter and at Chris Sells Out on Instagram. And follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Cape Pod. And support the show on Patreon if you choose. There's exclusives and more stuff coming. Now that we're getting out of this, we're getting back into the world and gathering and all that other stuff, there will be more exclusive stuff being done for that and just more expansion some big stuff coming from this show in the next couple of weeks so stay tuned for that and uh, subscribe to the half-assed media youtube channel as well and check out some clips clips going up a couple of times a week on there so if you're listening to the show and you want to see what everybody looks like if you want to see me laugh at jeff that's definitely going to be a video clip you want to see me laugh at jeff over the mighty duck show I'm, I, as you were saying that i'm like i know that's going to be one <laughs> it totally is <laughs> It's going to be, it's going to be like, can you, it's going to be a pinned post on the Twitter account. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be everywhere. I can't help it because that really just, I, I don't know why I found that so funny. I just do. So, uh, uh sorry about that. That's and, right. uh, subscribe on the podcast app of your choice. Of course, new episodes every Monday, always here for you. And, uh, thank you for listening, sharing, subscribing, all that good stuff. So until next time for Jeff Schnitzer, this is Chris Abalo and this was yet another experiment. Yeah, I'm bored. You're boring, Zoidberg. I'm gonna go watch TV.